GMP fans, a wise man with a fantastic accent once told me, Losers always whine about your best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. Because today we're covering The Rock! Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's guilty movie pleasure. Oh yeah, three-way shakeway dance! We should really get sponsored by Shakeweight by now. I'm desperately trying to. Like, Shakeweight, if you still exist as a company, you should sponsor our show. I say, I say I'm desperately trying to, but this is literally all I do to try. I don't reach <laughs> out to them in any other way. I just, do I this just gesture. for five seconds, I pretend I have How two cool Shakeweights. How cool would it be, though? That was, uh, our, our, that was bad, though. My arms are already tired yeah, from just shaking like that. It's a real workout. Yeah. It's a real workout. Imagine if Imagine you had a Shakeweight. Week, <laughs> next week, if we actually just start the show like this with a Shakeweight, just, you know, the... The jerk-off motion. Anyways, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I started the show on a high note already. Oh. We are covering uh, Nowhere The Rock to go today. But down. Nowhere to go but down. <laughs> Just like our country. Oh, I said oh. I wouldn't get political oh. and I'm 45 seconds in. You waited as long as you could. Wow. <laughs> Anyways, I'm your host, Ben Begley, and with me as always is Jesse McIntosh over here. Hi, I'm Jesse McIntosh. Hey, where can they find you, Jesse? Uh, you can find me at Too Much Jesse on Instagram and Twitter, at The Prom Losers for Sketch. Yeah, and then also, guys... I've done shout-outs to Corey Ular several yeah. times on this show, and to several of our buddies. This is one of the original OG Akron friends of mine. I've known this guy since first grade. We've been best friends yep. since first grade. He was one of two best men in my wedding. We, yep. I had two best men. Best mans? Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, Man sounds correct. I think Corey Ular! Yeah. Yes! Here we yes! Go. I'm so excited. Get now, ready here, for the here's fun. Here's the thing. To, prem- to, 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 just to, to preface all of this, Corey, you're, just an, you're not like a comedian. You're, no. you're, you tell them what, what do you do? What do you do for a living? I am uh, currently an engineer, a mechanical yeah. engineer. So they're very well known for their uh, humor <laughs> yeah, you and can't, their interest. You can't tell me there's not comedy in engineering. Uh, I mean, I guess there might be. It's kind of funny <laughs> when stuff falls down, but then you get sued. So that's kind of <laughs> shitty. Yes. Oh, yay! You're killing. But Corey, you and I have a history of uh, calling each other up because you now live back in Ohio. You did yes, live I out do. here briefly. Uh, but a lot of times, you and I have a history of calling each other, meaning to talk about actual life stuff, yeah. and then getting sucked in a vortex of ridiculous conversations, analyzing movies, yes. and we've had, I think, a half-hour conversation on who would win in a fight between a bear and an alligator. It's a bear. The bear is the most dominant animal on the planet. I'm I, sorry. You if anybody's me. listening, they debate this, you can, you can call me up. Between and, a bear and, and an alligator. A bear is the most dominant animal on the planet. I agree. It took me a half hour to convince me, but I'm not going to go down that path no. again because I already did. Let that anyway, so this is why Corey's visiting. He's hanging out with me, meeting my yeah. daughter for the first time, and I thought he's uh, he's listened to a few, a uh, bunch of the episodes, and <laughs> like I changed that. He's yeah. listened to a few, a bunch. a bunch. He's listened to every single episode the multiple best. times, They're multiple the times. Jesse is my favorite part of the show, as he should be. Mine I think, too. I think yeah. he's the favorite yeah. part of the show for everyone. <laughs> That's absolutely. Everybody not true. just comments like. Ben's just like a uh, crazy uh, yelling just guy. Kind of there. Jesse kind of sneaks in all the sly things, and I'm just the really screamy, uh, yelly dude. Yeah. That's, what I, that's what I do. Um, that's what I do. That's why we need a third person. <laughs> to balance the force. Uh-huh. So today we're talking The Rock, which I could have sworn that I or Josh McCuga had covered before. And again, I did the thing with Last Action Hero where I checked the list three times to make sure... 
Hasn't been done, and I think that if, is, if I may, one more time than Santa Claus checks his list. Yeah, you're right. Santa yeah, Claus I, checks it twice. I, I checked it three you times. You are more thorough than Saint. <laughs> well, Nick. I had checked it twice, <laughs> and then uh, somebody on Twitter called me out and said, "I thought you guys had done it," and I panicked and I checked it a thrice. Yeah, I checked okay. it thrice. Good I almost for said you. a thrice time. A thrice time. So I think the if I remember right, back when McCuga and I did the show, he and I would always argue that this movie is perfect and not guilty. And I will still stand by the fact that it is a perfect 90s action film, but rewatching it for the first time in probably a decade, there are definitely guilty moments, but, but I think this movie is still like one of my top 10 favorite action films of all time. So when I remember when I first saw it, I think we may have seen it in theaters together. That, or, that or, would not surprise me. I'm pretty sure we did. And, and I remember being blown away by the... A, never thinking Nick Cage could be an action hero until this. And then being like, oh, I like this kind of nerdy, tough action hero guy. And Sean Connery, I had only seen, I'd seen maybe like one or two Bond films. And I thought he was fucking awesome. And also, we were talking about this. Yeah. The villain in this movie, Ed Harris, up until then, I'd only really seen stereotypical mustache-trolling bad guys that had very nefarious... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline motives but even rewatching it now he's a really sympathetic villain yeah. and the the choices he makes are motivated by an, a genuine pain for the soldiers that he lost and i think that's there's some some pathos is that what i'm looking for in this there's some really good emotional backbone to the ridiculousness of this movie so i loved it when i saw it i think it still lives up to when i first saw it just some of the over the top explosions hint at where Bay eventually now has become when we talked about like Transformers 3. Yeah. It's like you get hints of it here where it's still uh, where it's still reined in like his goofy characters. Sure. Um, but now he's become a parody of himself. Yeah and it's almost like he was almost forced to rein it in because they're on an isolated yeah. island. Yeah. So yeah. like you can't really like blow it all out the way but he, he tries to, yeah, he tries. He, he does. Damnedest. He does the biggest that he can on in the a constrained giant fucking place. napalm thing that he throws <laughs> into the tunnels. Yeah, where they're we were talking about how they're running in like two feet of water, right? And they somehow dodge it, all the flames, right? I don't know. I don't know if that's something that would happen, but yeah. Yeah, I was also thinking when I was watching this, and we can like get into it for real in a minute here. But I was thinking like, has, has there ever in the history? of human existence been a car chase like any car chase we've seen in movies. Like, has there ever <laughs> been... <laughs> you were saying... That's a good point. What was your point about uh, how, like, everything he hits... Oh, wait, yeah. Why, does, why is it that every parked car explodes? Like, it's, apparently, <laughs> yeah. like, if you live in San Francisco, when you get out of your car, you put dynamite in it. <laughs> So the minute somebody hits yeah. your car, you're just going to explode. Every yeah. parked well, car explodes. Listen, the you, meter made car explodes when it hits right. another car. You wouldn't put dynamite in your car before parking it. That's dangerous. You're right. You well, don't want to do that. Yeah, true. So yeah, you, you're not going to keep your dynamite on you. So well, you put it in the parked car. And we were debating which things he hits. And I guess we're jumping ahead to the car chase already. But like, we were debating which things he hits that actually cause, 
obstacles and which things are just for destruction's sake. Well, the, my favorite part of any, like, chase scene, and the chase scene is usually the prelude to the car chase, but any, like, on-foot chase mm-hmm. scene, when people are running through crowds and they, like, just <laughs> seek people out to push yeah. them over. Well, it's, it's when they're running through the uh, the kitchen in the hotel, yeah. it seems like they run into every damn coffee pot in that hotel. Like, yeah. there are just stacks of coffee pots every sitting in the way. And you're like, oh, I could walk around this, but I'm gonna run straight through it instead. Sure. I mean, you want you? It's for the story. Yeah, like, you want to be able now. to tell your friends later. I <laughs> fucked favorite, up some coffee pots. My favorite is the two catering staff that gets that like not only get knocked down, but then Sean Connery like tramples and kicks over them. And then you can tell they've just gotten back up. <laughs> and they're, like, picking up everything. Like, I gotta wash these dishes. And then Cage comes through and shoves them back down. Yeah. That's my favorite in chase sequence is when the yeah. same person. But we, I, let's just talk about the car chase. Fuck it. Then we'll go to the three minutes because we're talking about it now. We were talking about how every cliched obstacle comes up. There's, I'm surprised there wasn't a woman pushing a baby. That's the only thing there. But then oh. that turns out to be a homeless woman pushing a thing full yeah. of cans. Yeah, there was still someone yeah. pushing something. No, yeah. there's an old lady with a walker. Yeah. Right, right, right. And then he swerves and hits the trolley right. to miss that. And then there's Nick Cage dodging people that are falling out of the trolley. There's every single thing that could possibly get but, in the way. The water truck pulling up, construction blocking an entire block of yeah. San Francisco. And the, the guy who, like, I guess is working the trolley. This is yeah. my favorite part because he doesn't own that trolley, no. but he like he reacts as if like his life savings just went down the drain. <laughs> he gets up so distraught. That motherfucker ain't safe nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. I felt so bad for that guy. I did when too. You, you gotta love the lasting impression that he makes being on camera for all of like ten seconds in the oh, movie. Yeah. yeah. I would, this is this guy is I, now you're worried about what has happened in his life like where is this guy's life this going is the now? rabbit hole I go down oh. every single movie we it's watch. like you're concerned for the library and the mummy yeah where when he when we watched the mummy Jesse was so hung up on what happened to the library after Rachel <laughs> White Rachel Vice knocks over all the shelves yeah they destroyed the library and then the library owner like was killed huh. and then I and then we never saw one, it again this then, one what I mean not only did first off when the trolley uh, crashes into another car and they both explode enough to launch it about 20 feet in the air. Yeah. Again, just San Francisco, guys, it's not safe to have dynamite in your driving car or your parked car. Just, like, be safe about this, okay? I Maybe it was a 90s thing and you're over it now, but, I mean... And specifically if you're hiding it in your gas... I wouldn't Gas do that. Line, yeah. I would not do that. I would clearly. I mean, hide it in plain view. <laughs> they're, hiding not, it under, yeah. they're hiding it under the hood, right next to the engine. Because that's <laughs> the best like, place to hide. Seems dynamite. like a front seat sort of thing. Yeah, it does. Like a front passenger seat. That yeah. way, you're not likely to sit on it when you get in the, in the glove car. Box. Yeah. yeah, if you're in a hurry and <laughs> yeah, yeah. you don't want to open other doors, you just throw <laughs> it in there. They yeah. just have a lot of need for dynamite in San Francisco. Oh my god. Okay, so let's understand. Town's, so, town's blowing up, man. So what? When you first saw it, Jesse, I know we kind of skipped around, but when you first saw it, what was your opinion on this? When had you own this? I own this. This is a movie that I own, which is rare. So I have the copy. If anyone needs to borrow it, <laughs> and it's on VHS, I have yes. It's <laughs> it's on no. It's on audio cassette. I in the theater I recorded it, and now I have an audio cassette. On your Walkman, and, and I, I yeah, I close my eyes and imagine what's you just happening. Remember everything. So if I like miss any like specific visual that you guys are it's talking just about, it's because I it. did it audio. Yeah. yeah. So how does that car chase sound on audio? It's just like a sounds pretty thing. explodey. Oh, yeah, <laughs> very explodey. Yeah. Um, no, I I saw it um, not in theaters. I saw it on video. I rented it. I think through Netflix, and I really wait, liked it. Wait. So when did you see it? Like not around when it came. It came no, out. No, no. 
Prob- I think probably like eight or nine years ago I saw it for Jesse, the first time. I feel like we have to have an intervention here because I feel like there's like a either you're ten years younger than you actually say, mm-hmm. or let's you, go with that one. Or you lived in a cave for <laughs> yeah. like ten. <laughs> it's amazing though to me. Like I get on. Don't worry, I get on Renee for the. I'm sure there's movies you've seen that I haven't seen. Yeah, but step ma- up to the streets. I think it's. Have you seen that one? I have not. Eight miles. Not as good as step up. I have seen Eight Miles. That's a good one. I have seen Eight Miles. Classic. But I think that. But I also think that certain genres like the guilty movie pleasure genre is an acquired taste and so it blows my mind because I see all of them so I think I'm just like in this bubble of like everyone else has seen all of these right Right. I I think uh, I tended to see more thrillers than like straight action I see Um, see. so like I I needed a little bit I'm not trying to like throw you under the bus I'm just saying that this is a movie you own and a lot of them I've either forced you to watch or our fans have forced you to watch. Yeah. Sometimes to your chagrin, aka sometimes but, Machete yeah. <laughs> and sort of Boondock Saints. Yeah, a little bit of Boondock oh. Saints. Um, but no, this one I saw independently without any pressure from anyone, and I really enjoyed it. Um, and so I purchased it, and then I watched it again last night and had a great time again. That's awesome. Um, Nicholas Cage, when I was younger, was acceptable, and now I feel like he's not. Do you think he's st- not acceptable in this? I think he's he's like way less than yeah. he is now. He like he's become a little bit of a caricature the same yeah. way Michael Bay has. Um, but like if Michael Bay made a film with Nicolas Cage right now, oh my god, you'd can watch you even it. imagine? You watch it. I would I would watch the shit out. of I that. would definitely listen to it on audio. <laughs> um, but it's yeah he he has just become <laughs> like. A fake Nicolas Cage at this point, but yeah. like even back then, there are moments where you can see that. He's oh, you like, mean like Zeus's butthole? Yeah, Zeus. or just like yeah. what in the name? Of, how in the name of Zeus's yeah. butthole yeah. did you get out of jail? Yeah, out of these cages. How, he randomly yells words, um, <laughs> and he'll get like the crazy eyes for no oh, yeah. reason. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, there's just little bits, and it's tough. It's like yeah. tough to deal with you, a little bit, but you're telling me that he hasn't made some gems now. Like, I mean, I think Ghost Rider was a phenomenal Ghost, film. It was I like, great, great. There was great character development. There was great, great, great storyline. Listen, uh, I, I feel I'm, like I'm waiting for one of our fans to go. What the fuck? Yeah, I'm. I'm Corey's not being sarcastic. It's engineer sarcasm. Do you guys. remember Wicker Man? Yeah, <laughs> the bees, man. The I didn't bees. even see Wicker Man, but I hear it's amazing. I so this is I've never seen Wicker this Man. This is actually like a fun tangent, but um, I went to a sketch Please, show that's one all time. We're about yeah. I went to a sketch show and they did um, Nicolas Cage teaches acting and it was probably like six or seven clips from the Wicker Man and it was they were all independent clips and he would be like this is how um, I would project happiness but every single clip was a a clip of him punching a woman in the face (laughs) like a different clip (laughs) and like the last one was him chasing a woman for a minute and then like catching her and punching her in the face (laughs) So a lot there you of go. women punching. This, is, this is the thing that we're laughing at. This is a good, <laughs> I, I a good, good, good end point to this tangent. Let's <laughs> laugh about spousal abuse. I mean, I don't think they were his spouses. That, I think, uh, he, I oh, think oh, they were. That's a different. Story, I, I think they were like possessed. <laughs> I think they were, he wasn't punching the women. <laughs> he was punching the demons. <laughs> and, and the only way to get the demon out is to just punch the shit out. That's of the him. same way you get rid of a shark. You oh, know, you know shark. somebody. You know somebody. Sometime next week is gonna be like the guys on the show. We're saying you just punch him because they get a yeah, demon. Yeah. I I just want to also clarify this was not my idea. No, and I no, didn't neither. I don't endorse it. I'm just and, explaining to you what I saw. And you know what? Um uh there's definitely only one side to punching women and it's a bad side. <laughs> it's a bad side. So yes. don't punch women. We're not claiming moral equivalency here. Don't punch women. Such a good call. I did it again. No you didn't. I didn't, you're hit, just... I didn't say his name just like all the GOP senators. That isn't Ooh. Oh, now now you're doing it. <laughs> 
Sorry. Can we, we don't have to be coy. Actually, like, fuck him. Fuck him. You know what I mean? Fuck him <laughs> so much, man. Fuck him. And I know some of our fans are like, eh, don't get political, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, eh. yeah, then. It's, um, it's in our stratosphere. Stop, stop listening. But also, like, just then turn us off for 15 <laughs> seconds while yeah. I say, actually, fuck him. Fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> fuck Trump. All right, Anyways. you can turn it back on. Okay, you can turn it back on. We're back. We're back. Sorry. Uh, so let's let's get into the plot in three minutes now that we've just <laughs> said fuck Trump 700 times. <laughs> uh, uh, we're going to do the plot in under three minutes. Corey, jump in on this, and we'll just basically ping-pong it back and forth and try and remember everything that happens. So, do you want to start with you, and then we'll bing around, or no? Oh, yes. Uh, I, can, I, can, I can fire it up. Nice. Okay, yes, all right. You ready in the booth, Steve? Okay. Take it away, Corey. So, Ed Harris is real pissed off, so him and a bunch of military guys go in and they steal some VX gas, which is really bad, and they show you how bad by killing one of the random guys that doesn't have a name. So you knew that guy was going to die immediately. Yeah. After that, where do we go? We go uh, Nick, um, Cage. Nick Cage. Yeah, Nick Cage is in uh, the uh, his workplace, poison and they're center. like they got a crate that apparently had poisonous gas in it. Um, so they're testing it out, and then the gas comes out because one guy was not careful, waving um, the baby arm. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, and and so then they start to melt, and then uh, he defuses the bomb, can, and then the sprinklers come. Can on. I jump in? I love the fact that the guy is playing with something that came yeah. out of a case that has a bomb yeah. in it. Like, oh, yeah. let me just okay. pick this doll. Well, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. We gotta get the plot first. Okay, shit. Uh, okay, so then Nick Cage is uh, goes home, says, Hi, anybody who would bring a kid in this world is a dick. And then she's like, well, I'm pregnant. And he's like, oh, okay, that's awesome. And then he's fucking her on the roof, and it's this kind of weird sex scene with a shitload of candles. And he gets a call saying, hey, they're, they've taken over the rock because Ed Harris and his Marines go take over the rock. They aim these VX gas rockets at San Francisco. And then they're like, we, can't, we need to get on there. There's no way to get rid of the VX gas. So they're like, we know one guy. Cue Sean Connery. Who wants it? Who wants it? Corey, yes. So they go, uh, they go get Sean Connery. Connery out of prison and they put him in this room and then they they offer him a deal they're like hey we can we can do this and and you know the they're they're tempting him and Sean mm-hmm. Connery gets real pissed off and decides to use a quarter to cut open the window <laughs> stick his dope. head in and then start yelling about how this is a setup and I hate things and, um, and so and so they offer him a deal of immunity if he goes in. They uh, rip it up. Yeah, and gets Alcatraz. So he uh, gets taken to the hotel where he escapes via haircut. Um, yeah. He escapes and he goes to see his daughter um, and he tells her, I'm going to be back. And Nicholas Cage tracks him there and they yeah. uh, they recapture him and then they him head and over Marines, to Alcatraz. Him and yeah. the Marines go and they got these G.I. Joe style like scuba suits and, and vehicles that go underwater, these mini subs. They get in there. He goes, rolls through all the flames to get through. Ah, shit. Rolls through all the flames. He lets him in. The Marines go up there, they trigger the, the detector, and then they're like, I will not stand down! They all get shot, everybody thinks they're all dead, and then the, uh, Sean Connery's about to leave, Nick Cage convinces him to stay. They go and defuse the one in the morgue, there's a shootout and shit going on, and then um, then they... Another shootout underground. Another shootout in the Goonies tunnels, and then there's, oh god, uh, then there's... Uh, 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 and then Sean Connery's gonna leave again, and Nick Cage is like, no, we have to defuse these bombs, again, because, yeah. yeah uh-huh. And then he comes out and, and turns himself over to Ed Harris, and then they're they're in jail, I take pleasure in gutting you, boy, and then he escapes, and then Jesse, you want to take it away? Or fuck you want me to do? Uh, ah, fuck it! Yeah. I'll just go. And then they they, oh. they, they go and then and they they escape and then they're they're fighting the guy and then there's mutiny and the bad guys they're like they're gonna fire the rocket at San Francisco and then he and then Ed Harris misdirects it and then they shoot each other up except the main three nut jobs and then Sean Connery's fighting some of them while Nick Cage is off trying to defuse the last rocket and the dudes after him he's like I'm gonna get you and are you the rocket man? He fires off Tony Todd who gets impaled and the other guy gets a green thing in his mouth and, and then he shoots the green the flares, gas, green gas, and then yeah. they find the tape. Oh, Jesus. Sorry, I did want to talk about that minutiae. 
that you were talking about, but I was like, oh shit, because Jesse and I are it. very guilty about getting into the minutia during the yeah three minutes. Yeah, we do uh, that. Whew, I think I need a I need a Gatorade after that. Or which something. which flavor? Would you like to sponsor us, Gatorade? Gatorade, Powerade, <laughs> Vitamin Water. Uh, we're open. At this point, we're unaffiliated. We're so. unaffiliated. At this yeah. point, we have no ties. My um, favorite's Arctic Glacier. Ooh, yeah. So let's talk I'm about. Flavor spot on. I was uh, the first thing Renee watched this with me, and she'd never seen it. And the and she was like kind of like a running commentary of things. Like in the beginning, she was like, "Is this supposed to be California? It doesn't rain this much in California." And I was like, "Honey, but it looks cool. Yeah, it looks dramatic when he's walking through the cemetery and there's rain and shit." So here here's my favorite part of the movie. And forgive me if this is naive on my part, but his wife's gravestone, his wife's tombstone says his wife. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh. legitimately what it says. Yeah. yeah. What's and your I was name? like or I, it says her name. I think right? it says her name, but it also just says his wife. Yeah. And it's like why you couldn't have put, you had to use a pronoun, you couldn't have used his cuz now he's the only one allowed to stand there. Well, yeah, and here's the true. thing. Also, uh you would assume that that means that he's buried next to her. And right. It is confusing. I remember seeing that last night and being like, "What the f- what? Yeah. Maybe it's just Michael Bay didn't do any research and was like, man, his wife. His, we, we have to, we have, people need to know no, that this is his it's, wife. Yeah, it's not any, re- it's not, it's not that he didn't do research. It's literally just, it's the, um, it's the exposition police came along and we're like, here we go. Yeah, no one knows this the is The only wife. way he'll, yeah. they'll know, not through the dialogue of him kissing the metal and everything. Yeah. Nope. You have to be I got, really I got real confused until I actually saw his, his wife, wife on. I was like, why right. is he in front of this tombstone? Is it, is yeah. it his, his girlfriend? Why is oh. he getting so emotional? Oh. Good. Okay. So that, that first... Is uh, it his husband? Here's, here's where this movie, and you and I talked about this uh, when we were re-watching it, is this movie does what Michael Bay doesn't do anymore, which is it has several Save the Cat moments. And in writing terms, for those that don't know, Save the Cat is where you give either your hero or villain a moment where they make a good decision in a bad situation that makes you side with them. And Ed Harris is a villain that has layers where, like, in the beginning, they're tranquilizing the guys. They're not killing anyone. Even though the one dude that gets clocked in the neck and does a flip around to the pavement... (laughs) Is probably not going to walk properly ever again. So that's some of it gets a little like that was just cool, um, but even in moments later, like when I'm fast forwarding ahead, but when Ed Harris gets shot, uh, Sean Connery and Nick Cage go to drag him out because they realize he's not as bad as they thought. Whereas now we talked about how Transformers, it's just like there's a soldier caught in a helicopter and they're all just like "fuck you, we're out," and they just <laughs> jump out and leave him in there to crash and die. And, and the Autobots are, like, crashing and blowing up highways. This movie still has stakes. They even comment in the, um, although arguably in the car chase scene, several FBI agents are dead or dismembered sure, yeah. from those cars. When he yells out, I hope you have insurance, and it's like the car just flipped 17 times. I was like, I hope you have a metal cage in there to sure. keep yourself alive. But would you guys agree that this is, like, still kind of more reined in, still somewhat caring about human life, Michael Bay? Yeah, I mean, I I think the movie does a really interesting thing in making the traditional good guy the bad guy and mm-hmm. making the traditional bad guy the good guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it creates really interesting dynamics individually and then also between the main characters. Yeah. Um, and it's something that I don't think a lot of people do. Um, it's tough to do. It's tough to make us care about a prisoner of 40 years, and it's tough to make us root against... The actors help. Yeah, totally. Um, How can you not love Ed Harris? He's awesome. Oh, he's great. 
he's great. Sean Connery. And he gives so much humanity to the yeah. to the character. And like Which, it's they they do it in a way where like he's he's set up as the main bad guy, but then it turns out the bad guys are the people around him. And, yeah. And see, that's the thing I really like. That's the thing I thought that brought up the humanity side is at that point where he's arguing with those two new guys about shooting the rocket. And he's like, I just, I just won't do it. It's, it's wrong. You know, yeah. they call they called my bluff. And he we says, lost. you think I'm going to kill eighty thousand people? Yeah. And it brings him back, and I know they do it. They're doing that when, right before they kill him, so you have some sympathy for Ed Harris. But at the same point in time, it's, but they thread that earlier nice. when they're murdering the Marines, totally. and he's saying, "Stand down, yeah. stand down, lower your weapon." And that's like that's so good because he doesn't want to lose any more life. Mm-hmm. He's doing this because he's at the end of his rope. He's seen eighty-three of his men die and mm-hmm. be shit on by the government, so he's pissed. And the only way he knows to get their attention is a violent government. The only way he knows how to get their attention is with threat of violence. He never intended to. That's why they never. I like that they never kill any of the hostages either. Although we were talking about how close. we were talking about how like they, the hostages are in the first act. One shows up like two out like hour and forty in, and then at the very end, you never revisit them again. Well, because the <laughs> prison blows up, doesn't it? <laughs> no, ju- they make sure to say <laughs> yeah. they make sure to say. Ah, uh, we didn't hit the the prison tower. We just hit the guard tower or something. They the rocket make, hit on the like the left side. They or make south side sure or to like say that. that it missed because <laughs> yeah. otherwise yeah. that'd be such a shitty. That'd be ending. so shitty if they just bombed the hostages. <laughs> like everyone else was dead already, and they just flew through and bombed eighty innocent so Michael Bay of them. <laughs> yeah, oh, whatever. Oh, fuck fuck it. As long as Nick Cage can have a funny ending with the you know the the yeah. microfilm. Uh-huh. So let's get into um, <laughs> this first. The first scene that I really, really love is when um, Nick Cage and his buddy, which, by the way, Nick Cage is an expert at real-life mousetrap, apparently, when he shoots the plastic yeah. dart and everything goes and lights on fire, and it's like, you have way too much time on your hand. By the way, sorry, one more thing I want to say before yeah. we jump into this. Another fucking movie that shows us someone throwing up. I, you hate that! Enough! Corey, just so you know, <laughs> uh, Jesse has a strong aversion to actually seeing... Uh, Throw up coming out of someone's mouth. He, you believe that? Just you tell. Him. Yeah, you can just hear the sound and like get the camera angle from behind. We don't need to see vomit coming out Jesse of someone's mouth it. to know that and they're so vomiting. When, when we watched Team America: World Police, where he vomits for about seven minutes, <laughs> it was Jesse's nightmare, oh, and he's still worst. mad at me for that. It's not, but it's in like everything. It's and in everything. I, I hadn't remembered it in The Rock, and then <laughs> and Nick Cage like, had like, "Fuck it, yeah, I hate this movie yeah, now." So I need a new TV. <laughs> I, so. So this first scene where I love the set, I love how fast this movie, everything just, there was a pace to 90s action films where every single scene, even if it was loaded with exposition, which a ton of this is, it just moves the plot forward. Everything is like, and it has a pace and an energy. And even the intro of Nick Cage and his dorky buddy who never, who shows up again, sort of, and is like, hey, I'm getting out of here. I'm going to do something totally different. Isn't that cool? But this whole, this first scene is a really intense awesome way to show why Nick Cage is an expert and why he would be good for this by doing instead of a bunch of words. Yeah. And when, when that sarin gas goes off, that scene is intense. And I love all the scientists and the guy that's like, we're fucked. It's like, there's enough quirk to the characters, but it's not annoying like Transformers 5 through what 9 or whatever get, you know? Yeah. I think they have little moments, like in the interrogation room when the guy's like, well, that's yeah. a good way to go. Well, I guess that's one way to go. When he takes the cuffs off, there's like yeah. little, it's sprinkled. It's yeah. not overwhelming. Sure. And there's also like in that particular scene, like you said, we we learn from doing, not from talking. Like yep. we learn that you need the, the uh, stick shot to the heart. Oh, yeah. Speaking of. Yeah. Foreshadowing. We have that sound clip. You want to play it? Can we play clip number one? How big this is? You want me to stick this into my heart? Are you fucking nuts? 
love that song. That's what I mean. <laughs> I remember loving that so much when I first saw it. You're going to stick this into my house? Because, yeah, that's a huge needle. Yeah. And do you does any, do you know anything about actual medical? Would that not a thing? Do you nope. actually shove it into your heart? Is that a real thing? You must. I've seen it in two different movies. Pulp Fiction and yep. this. So. That's that's. Uh, I'm gonna and go. Crank. Two two things. Three things. Now it's got to be true. <laughs> if, if three movies. Have three done movies it, have. I somebody fact checked it at some hope, point, right? I hope <laughs> The Rock sourced Pulp Fiction for this. They're like, should we call a doctor? No, I'm pretty sure I saw it in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> oh, Pulp oh for sure. Put Tarantino it in. does Put his it research. Yep. Put it in. Uh-huh. Put it in. Trust him. So uh, the trainee in this, I forget his name, but he's completely useless. Yeah, he he does nothing. It's Nick Cage doing everything as their suits melting. Well, no, he and, he starts the entire process oh, yeah, he's again a, by he's by picking up, up a baby from a bomb crate, a crate with a bomb in it. Let me pick up this baby and start playing yeah. with this baby. Like I, I would think that would be day one in bomb training. Like, don't why don't you not with touch with the bomb? Parts. Yeah. Maybe maybe this was day one. Maybe this, this, day maybe one. this, this is, is how you learn. This, this you is learn how on the job. That's you a real shitty training <laughs> scenario. Let me put you in this uh, gas that could kill you. I, I will say, um, so let, we'll move on a little bit, because I will say that uh, uh, Renee, the next thing she picked out was when Nick Cage's wife comes in and says she's pregnant, and then she's three weeks. Renee was like, you don't <laughs> fucking know you're pregnant at three weeks. You haven't even had your, you haven't even missed your period yet. She, she was like, already like, Bullshit, which now that we have a baby, Renee calls out every, like, whenever we see a TV show and she's like, I'm pregnant, I'm like, she's like, you're not even showing, asshole. You know, like, women in TV and film don't show until they're like eight months. Sure. And then suddenly mm-hmm. it's like, it's like just a little, little, just a little like, a, like a pimple. <laughs> little beautiful little bop. Yeah. Little Audi, just their belly buttons uh-huh. and Audi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's go into, um, when the when all the tourists get taken, this is where I thought the tourists had more of a, a plot because they have a couple funny moments, and the guide, like Ranger Bob or whatever his name is, has some funny shit. And so you thought they'd revisit them. I don't care that they don't. It's fine. But the setup for them is hilarious. Can we play clip number two? What kind of fucked up tour is this? <laughs> 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 oh shit. Oh, man, I'm trying to remember a tour that was that bad for me. Um, I was in Miami. Yeah. And uh, I was. I was shooting those Major League Baseball spots, and I was taken on a tour of this random club that was, like, super fancy, $10,000 to get in, and and um, there was a, a... There was... Lamar Odom was there. There was a flamenco Ooh. band. There was uh, um, a guy who was a lawyer for drug cartel hitmen... There was a gold-plated woolly mammoth statue. This is all true. I'm not bullshitting. There was a gold-plated woolly mammoth statue that was worth like $28 million. There was a theater that had been designed by Baz Luhrmann that Madonna had performed at uh, for rich people. And as I'm walking through this and I'm just seeing all this unnecessary spending of wealth when you could do literally anything else with your money, I just looked at the guy and I was like... And how do I make enough money to join this club? Right. <laughs> I would never spend $10,000 a month on that shit. It's insane. Never say never. Never say never. That sounds like an awesome place. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. Is Lamar Odom there all the time? Well, he and I then got in a car with the guy uh, that was leading us around, and they took us to a club, and Lamar Odom and I were rapping along to Triumph by Wu-Tang. Uh, which fuck? was incredible. That's a good, that's a good song. <laughs> I mean, I would have gone. Incredible. I would have gone cream by Wu Tang. I think that's it was a better, what was on the radio. That's a better song. And, uh, but. but I definitely did the white guy thing where I blanked out like every other word because I'm not yeah. gonna say that. I don't even say that in the privacy of my own car rapping. I'm just like, no. I use the word brother because it works. It, it works it's syllabically. 
the same. It's syllabically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's syllabically. Anyway, so that's my Lamar Odom story. <laughs> True story. What kind of fucked up tour is this? Is Lamar Odom okay? He I is. just want to follow up. He is. Okay. He's a nice guy. All right, good. Uh, anybody got anything on that tour? Or did I just take up <laughs> 10 minutes of our time for that? It's fine. We'll move on. Um, <clears throat> uh, so then they call the FBI. There's the counterattack that the FBI is starting to plan because they think they're screwed. Uh, can we play clip number three? This is where they build up General Hummel and, and how he's a war hero. Three tours in Vietnam, Panama, Grenada, Desert Storm, three Purple Hearts, two Silver Stars, and the Congressional Medal of Jesus. I didn't realize they gave out the Congressional Medal of Jesus. Only only to very special individuals. Yeah. I think it's if you're a high-ranking Marine and you also went to clergy school. Is that what mm, it is? I think, yeah. Mm, or is that too obvious? No, I think that's it. I think that's what it is. I, I mean, it's a Michael Bay film. It has to be taken literally, right? Sure. The Congressional Medal of Jesus. That's actually the Congressional Medal of Jesus was also in that church that they went to at the end, but it was in the left, <laughs> the left leg. <laughs> they they opened the right leg, the hollow right leg. They got the hollow, and they, they should have found the Congressional Medal of they Jesus should, if they had been given further directions. Damn they it! Would have known. Damn it! Yeah. Um, then we we get more into what the VX gas is, which the VX gas is still one of my favorite weapons because a lot of times action films have the same kind of doom and gloom scenarios it's a nuke god how many times have we seen people thwart a nuke or if it's a superhero movie how many times is it a giant fucking beam going up to a clutter thing in the sky that's gonna bring the whole city to an end that's beam, like beams kill aliens beams kill that's aliens. what I've, yeah, yeah. I've learned they yeah. actually teach you that in science school especially, is that beams kill aliens especially if you kill the mother a, a yeah. mothership alien or, or any any of that also also a weapon of choice for a lot of bullies is mean words meh <laughs> So there's that. There's also. mean words. There's a lot of mean words. I, a lot of I mean learned words. that in middle yeah. school. Unfortunately, I did too. Yeah, <laughs> but we learn what the VX gas is, and it's no fucking joke. We saw it, but now we learn the magnitude of what it can do, and then later on we learn the specifics of how it like eats away at you. So can we play clip number four? This shit is lethal. What is the potential casualty rate for a single rocket armed with VX poison gas, General Peterson? Sixty or seventy. That's not so well, bad. That's, that's not so bad. Oh, Down. dick. 70,000 dead. One teaspoon of this hits the floor. It's lethal up to 100 feet. One teaspoon of this shit detonated in the atmosphere will kill every living organism in an eight-block radius. Get the point. I love so, that he hammers at home, but get the point. Yeah. I don't get why he leads with 60 or 70 just to up it to 60 or 70. Why don't you just say 60 or 70,000? Like, you're getting my hopes up here that we're only going to kill a couple people. I would only assume it's because they all hate this fucking bureaucrat guy that's in the room. And so he's like, 60 or 70, baiting him to be like, well, that's not so bad. Fuck you, dude. Go back to the to Washington. Because there's always that guy in, in, in the 90s. There's always that mm. Washington guy who comes in and who's like, well, the president and everybody told me who's completely out of his league has no. Is this Bill Cosby? Oh God! Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, uh, whatever. Bill Cosby's not worried about sixty or seventy. <laughs> too, too soon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> too soon. Oh shit! So I did write down. Uh, <laughs> this is a weird transition. I wrote down the interrupt. It's kind of rude. They interrupt Stanley mid fuck with seventy five candles lit. There was an unnatural amount of candles lit. And, sure. And I mean... Was it like 60 or 70 candles? 60 or 70. Must have been. Thousand. But anyway, so they, they set up Sean Connery. There's this awesome setup where he's like, 
he's an escape artist, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, he, but that's when he was younger. He's my age now. I have to get up three times to piss, which I sometimes have to. That means I'm fucked when I'm in my 60s. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm just never going to sleep again. Take that pill, that colon pill. So they, they do the interrogation. We talked about how the coin, he hammers this quarter and then cuts the window, but he shaves around and then just elbows the center, which I don't know how that, that equates to weakening the glass I'm not sure. Because he's James Bond. Okay. Oh, shit. I think that's the main thing you're missing here. A couple of things that I wanted to say. One is, have you ever answered the phone during sex? Either of you? No. No. Okay. Absolutely not. Great. Um, Number two (laughs) is... uh, Only in movies. Only in movies. It's the only time in the history of the world that anyone's done it. That it's acceptable. Um, The second thing is uh, Sean Connery. So this this is one thing where you have to, like, suspend your disbelief a little bit. That Sean Connery, 40 years ago, was this mastermind criminal, or not criminal, but like... MI6 agent. Yeah, yeah. agent. He's been um, He's basically, basically doing yeah. nothing for 40 years. Just reading. And he, he like, immediately jumps back into it. Like, I will... I will not ride a bike for a year, and it'll it'll take a little bit of time to get my balance when I jump back on. For forty years, he hasn't been escaping the the like most lockdown prisons yeah. on earth. But all of a sudden, he's just gonna now that he's sixty, just jump right back in there. So the f- well, and it's something so extreme. But like, I could see the bike analogy. You know, like you're riding a bike that comes back. Like, escaping a prison is so insanely difficult. Right. So, but I'm just saying, like, even with something so simple, it would I, there would still be an amount of time where I would struggle. And he just so the phrase like riding a bike does not it apply comes, to you. Well, it comes back eventually. <laughs> it comes back like eventually. riding a bike. Eventually, eventually. For, for that's, Jesse McIntosh. I mean, that's the end of the saying. No one finishes the saying. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's just like it riding be a bike. On your, on your tombstone, something like in in a hundred years. No, my tombstone's going to say his or her husband. Her husband. Yeah. <laughs> Can we play? Uh, just because I know we're oh god we're we like, once again spent like forty minutes on the first ten minutes. So he gets his haircut, and oh my god, one of my favorite characters is the bar, the the stylist in this, the Boston Common guy. Oh, he's so funny when he's like, I don't care who you are, I just want to know, are you happy with your haircut? It's just it's so funny. And this clip number five shows a little bit of humor and how badass Sean Connery is. Can we play that? Just clippers, no scissors. No scissors? You've got to be kidding me, no scissors. I mean, did they tell Picasso no brush? Scissors, this man could kill you. I can't cut anyone's balls off with a trimmer now, can I? (laughs) I mean, I guess you could if you really... It'd take a little while. Is Is he trying to say that cutting balls off is equivalent to killing? Is that what he was saying? I think so. I think he was saying that. I just wanted to... I have a spotty past with... uh, With (laughs) With metaphors in this show. Yeah, nut references. We had a a troll on YouTube comment on Jesse's misunderstanding of a metaphor, and uh, and then we got into it with him. Yeah, but so I just want to make sure that I'm understanding that that's what he's saying. You are. Okay, Okay, because that's how I feel. Yes. So So, we're going to have to skip ahead a little. We already talked a lot about the car chase. I love one of my favorite moments is when he throws Womack over the balcony and he's hanging. He's holding him there, which, by the way, if he threw him, unless he really had that wrap, it would have just slipped out of his hand. Right. I mean, but I guess he had it tied. Or he also would have dislocated his shoulder. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. Yeah. (laughs) Like, the same thing would have happened to both of them. Because he's in, like, his 60s. Yeah. And he just goes, 
And it looks full on 150, 60 pound dude. Yeah, it looks like it takes no effort to hold him up either. Like Sean Connery's just sitting there like, oh, I just got this guy. Yeah, let's have a full conversation about what's going on. And it's it's this this even when he says he's getting heavy, it seems like he's just toying with him. Yeah, Yeah. and it's also it's also something where like he wasn't watching, like he was far enough back from the ledge that he didn't see how much slack he had left. So there's no way to brace for that rope getting taut and like yanking it. You're you're just like hoping that you'll be flexed at the right time. (laughs) Could you imagine if it had played out like reality and he'd been like, oh, he just falls and dies. And they're like, ah, shit, that's how I was going to escape. If you're going to San Francisco. I guess we still have to go to Alcatraz, though. So So we'll skip the car chase because we really covered that, I think, already. Mm -hmm. The trolley and everything. It's one of my favorite car chases in cinema history. I love it. Uh, But let's play when the Ferrari gets crushed by the trolley. Can we play clip number six? Up your Ferrari. Wait, wait, wait. Let's replay it again because it has it has Corey's favorite uh, one scene stealing man in the background. You can hear the He's trolley still guy. Going. He's still going. Still pissed. Hey, man, you just fucked up your Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> just going down in flames. <laughs> I love how big of a dick the bike guy when he's like, it's not mine. He's like, cool. Yeah. There's so many random little people in this movie, in the beginning of it, that make yeah. these absurd little comments, like like the the trolley guy, like the guy on the bike, yeah. like the uh, the uh, stylist guy. There's so many little random guys that make this movie interesting. That's so good. and But it's enough that it's just fun little blips. The problem, like I said, with Future Bay is that his blips turn into... <laughs> Ten, future before anyone else. Future Bay. My future Bay uh, is that is that he gets he takes it and then hits the gas on every so everything that works in this movie he does times fifty now and everything that I don't think anything doesn't work for me but then things start not working because he's doing it. anyways. Let's talk about how what is awesome about this. Yes. So he Mason meets his daughter. There's a good little father daughter moment there that's kind of touching and it grounds him in some sort of humanity. And then Nick Cage does the nice thing and pretends he's there to get him to team up, and st- mm-hmm. even though they're all guns drawn on him. So his daughter clearly just is either not paying attention or doesn't want to believe it. That's how. That's often how I take someone away for some benign yeah. task. <laughs> is I just get uh, when, you, when you want Hannah to go grocery shopping. Yeah, you just show yeah. up with eighteen cop cars. But she's with a friend. <laughs> I like. <laughs> You call in all your favorites. The That's whole, why there's no the police in your area. They're all u- using uh-huh. to pick Drives your wife the point up. home. Point it sure home. does. Uh, can we play clip number seven? This is when Nick Cage is kind of fed up after this car chase. What do you see? We cut the chit-chat a-hole. <laughs> That's an example That's of him yelling. That's a example of him <laughs> randomly yelling a word. I wonder if that was written... Some of these lines had to be Nick Cage just improvising random shit. I can't imagine in the script it said cut the chit-chat a-hole or Zeus's butthole or any of that stuff, you know? Yeah. Who knows? I wonder I wonder if it's also just, like, it sounds weird and improvised because of his inflections and, like, random screams. Yeah. Because, um, like, cut the chit-chat a-hole, like, yeah. if that were delivered in a normal way, yeah. then you could probably see that in a script. But, like, when the way he says it, cut the chit-chat a-hole! Like, yeah. that's... It makes it sound weird. Yeah, you know, um... I- <laughs> I, I I've fuck. I'm trying yeah, to think. Gotta, I'm trying to think of a. I'm trying to think of a metaphor oh. for a hole. Damn it! I don't have anything. <laughs> do you have anything, Jesse? That's not. I was gonna do something very literal. Yeah. Uh, so I was um, when I was in high school. 
elementary school, middle school, that area of, of time. <laughs> Just all areas of time. Yeah, if, looking back at those areas, so I would say probably 5 through 18. Um, yeah. Or somewhere in there, not yeah, yeah. that whole. Let me explain to you how old I was. Perfect. We I, only have 13 minutes yeah, left, but oh, I want to hear that. Great, great. <laughs> it was... It was between fifth grade, so I was ten. Holy no, fuck! All right. um, Cut the chit chat. Right. Hey. Yeah. So I I used to play the saxophone, um, oh, and nice. uh, and so I w- I would play one t- I, I would play and like I would think I was reading a note and I'd accidentally hit the wrong note, um, and and as we all know on a saxophone, you get the notes by covering the holes with the mm-hmm. with the I don't know hole covers you Your could key, say keys. Yeah. No, I'm gonna call them hole covers. Right. Hole covers is probably. Um, <laughs> and I was I was sort of like quirky, and I would refer to the notes as chit chat. Um, and I I accidentally played the note A um, too many times, and I looked at my saxophone and I yelled at it. What do you say we cut the chit chat a hole? There you go. <laughs> there you go. Oh, there you go. I like that one. Two minutes. I like of me one. describing how old I was. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. We didn't need those. Uh, <laughs> you can cut that part Fantastic. if you need. So, <laughs> long story short, they get to the island. The Marines are running this operation. We got Kyle Reese there, uh, oh, Michael yeah. Bean running the operation. They go up into the shower room where they trigger the thing that's been set up as the motion sensor. Massacre happens because and, and because one of the nut job Marines who aren't part of Hummel's main team, who are the hired ones, knocks over some bricks and just all hell breaks loose. They're all killed. It's terrible. And Sean Connery and Nick Cage escape. But then Nick Cage chases after him, yelling as loudly as possible when they know the Marines are just above them somewhere. And then it's a surprise when they drop down not one, but two escalating firebombs. And the second one is where Bay definitely just goes, I know I'm on this like yeah. confined space, but can I just blow up every tunnel? Bay gets Bay. Bay gets Bay. If, if, you, if you set a bomb off below a building, yeah. wouldn't you assume that that would... Like I think it's just a fireball, like napalm. Well, like, so right, I'd, but so, I'd be worried if I were the one throwing yeah. it down there. I'd be like, I'm right above this thing. I'm I'm concerned about my own well. And it goes off pretty instantly. Like yeah, they lit it like I that like we used to light black cats back yeah. in the day, where it's like, oh shit. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what's the what's the point of the first bomb? Because they, they dropped on the first bomb and it explodes yeah. and makes a small explosion. Then they drop the significantly bigger <laughs> bomb down to blow one? up that one. Yeah, like let's just get rid of the first bomb. Let's just drop this bigger one. Because the first one, one just kind of is a warning shot, like, "Hey, by the way, we're gonna try and catch you on fire, so like, run to where water is about knee deep." Yeah, uh, that's all it is. Yeah, it's a bad move, bad guys. Um, bad guys make bad decisions. Oh, all I did the time. skip. I did skip Sean Connery's awesome quote when he rolls through the the whatever furnace thing. And he's like, I just hope they haven't changed the timing. Which, by the way, my Sean Connery impression. That's let's, pretty let's good. Just not bad. Yeah, that's pretty good. Do you want to hear um, Channing Tatum doing yeah, Sean Connery? Please, please. <laughs> I hope they haven't changed the timing. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. That's a running joke here. It's Jesse's immaculate uh, <laughs> Channing Tatum. Can we play uh, clip number eight? Welcome to the Rock. Fuck yeah. Yeah. When Renee and I, this is a true story. When Renee and I went to um, San Francisco, we went to Alcatraz. And I kept quoting this movie, and she'd never, she hadn't seen it until two nights ago, and it was driving her nuts. But literally, we get off the ferry, and I turned to her, and I said pretty loud. Welcome to the rock. And a few like tourists chuckled because they were all thinking yeah. that everybody's thinking the same of thing. Course. And uh, then I did the other quote, which we're gonna play. Why not? Clip ten. I kept saying over and over again. You sure you're ready for this? I'll do my best. Uh, your best. Losers always whine about their best. 
Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. That... Oh, wait. Carla was the prom queen. That, that quote is timeless. That's where you start to see Bay going over the top. Like, oh, of course your wife is the prom queen. Of course, you, of yeah. course you're an of course, 80s John Hughes movie grown up. Yeah. I use that quote anytime I can. Anytime somebody says, I'm going to do my best, or like, hey, can we get this shot done? Oh, we'll try our best. Hey, can we do this in 15? Can we do the rest of the movie in nine minutes? And, and Jesse will say, no, you'll do so your best. Do and then I best. look at Jesse and I say, You sure you're ready for this? Do my best. Losers always whine about their best. Not a loser. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. What? Carla was the prom queen. And uh, not to get nitpicky, but he's talking about like winners in high school or or like people who were prom queens. There's a lot of prom queens out there, but I mean like prom queens. In the past or What current? he's saying is all winners of all ages go home and fuck current prom queens. <laughs> That's what he's saying. Oh. Hey, hey, yeah. hey. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, thank God you're not a teacher anymore, Corey, or you'd be fucked after being on this episode. Well, I would just, just tell you to shut... shut oh, God, I'd drop cut the ball. Cut the we cut the chit Yeah! Yeah! yeah. Uh, so they build up Mason some more. Uh, can we play clip number nine? This is where this is something that happens in action movies all the time that I love, where they set up all the odds of why they shouldn't be using this person, and then they're 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 Obi Wan. They're their only hope. Can we play that? This man knows our most intimate secrets from the last half century: the alien landing in Roswell, the truth about the JFK assassination. And Mason's angry. He's lethal. He's a trained killer, and he. Is the only hope that we have got. Yes! That's so Rambo First Blood Part 2. That's so Rambo it's, First Blood It's Part also two. like he has all of our secrets from the last half century, except for the last 30 years when he's been in jail. <laughs> he doesn't have those secrets. He has other ones. He's other ones, yeah. Yeah. Because unless the film's being updated somehow via remote film right. updating. Yeah. Uh, so the morgue shootout is one of my favorite shootouts. I love that when they first come in, knife to the dude's neck and he's just dying like rah, rah, you know and then the shootout with the other dude who comes up two M16s blazing shot in the feet then the air conditioner oh crushes, just the air conditioner his head crushes is awesome. his skull and can awesome. we play clip number 11 this is Nick Cage before he's warmed up to the violence oh uh, yeah okay that's just about the most awful thing I've ever seen <laughs> and then the, and then the foot shaking yeah, the foot shaking and that's distracting him is a recurring theme in Bay movies. Where in Bad Boys they have that thing too, where they drop the leg and Martin Lawrence is like, "Watch where you're swinging a dead leg, man!" And I just love that there's like this this like aversion to what happens to the body after they die. It's really interesting. Like yeah. they never address it really in any other like no. there. You just had a shootout, and there are dead bodies everywhere, yeah. and then we just, like, leave, Yeah, I guess. Yeah, and he's like, always, can you stop it? What do you want me to do, kill him again? Yeah. <laughs> so I always good. assumed uh, shootouts in, in movies are much like in video games, where you shoot the people, the bad guys, and then they die, and then they just disappear. <laughs> and you just you yeah. walk over and pick up their guns and their money, and then you go and they just fade away. do your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like Resident Evil, they just melt into a pool of ooze, right? Yeah, ooze yeah. disappears on its own. It's yeah. a scientific fact. It is. Science. So uh, then let's skip forward a little because we got six minutes. Um, they, oh God, there's the Goonies chase, which by the way, there's no way that exists. If, if anyone can fact check me and tell me that those actual caves with carts and pulleys and, oh. <laughs> and, and what looked like waterfalls exists in 
Alcatraz, I will be amazed. Yeah, why, why, what is that? Why was underneath Alcatraz and built it, up like a city? Like, what the fuck was that? It's like it's like a hobbit journey down yeah. there or something. Yeah, or are you going to the other side of Alcatraz? Yeah, just go underneath and take the cart, and you'll be fine. You don't have so, to walk across so premises. They, they jump out the morgue through what looked like a laundry chute. They end up on a cart. They're running. They're, it's like an Indiana Jones. It becomes Indiana Jones meets the Goonies meets the Rock. And they crash at the end. Nick Cage gets in the metal barrel, and Sean Connery survives a very, very hard crash and is just chilling upside down. He lights the one dude on fire. That dude falls and dies from getting the flames put out, apparently, and maybe crushed by the cart, I guess? Unclear. It's unclear. Uh, Anyways, then they they kill the other dude. Uh, There's a big shootout again, and then Sean Connery decides the only way to save the hostage that they bring out, because it's like, oh yeah, shit, we haven't mentioned the hostages in about an hour and 15 minutes. So they bring one out, the most scared-looking man on the planet. He he sells it. Mm -hmm. There's some humanity behind those terrified, giant eyes of his. He has giant, terrified eyes. I have a question. Just yeah, um, an answer. I, I hope so. I do. Just a concerned person about casting and money. Yeah. Why didn't they use one of the other hostages that already had a line? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, was, are, I was wondering about that. Yeah, like, why that, don't you bring out the park ranger that we already knew, <laughs> so that we could feel a little more empathy yeah. towards them? Instead of a, maybe maybe they tried and they, their performances person. weren't as good. That's that guy, possible. He's, he's, he has a good performance, like Ranger Bob, right? Ranger Bob. Maybe he was too comedic. He's like, I'm I'm Ranger Bob. I have no kids. I'm lonely. And they're like, oh, shit. I'm no- hoping for kids. Is anyone on the other end of this line? <laughs> what a was single. That? Why does your voice go like this and almost Kermit? I was trying to emphasize his oh, rangerness. Okay. okay. <laughs> Anyways, so Sean Connery comes out. And this is another great cliche with action movies. Like things like Heat, where, where uh, Robert De Niro and Al Pacino get to sit across from each other. Where in the real world, the bank robber and the cop or the... The escape convict and the military guy would never actually have a conversation. It'd just be like, okay, cool, that's done. But they get this little tete-a-tete they get to have. So can we play clip number 12? Governor, I don't quite see how you cherish the memory of the dead by killing another million. And uh, this is not combat. It's an act of lunacy. General Shah. Real life, that's what would happen. Personally, I think you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> so good. So good. Especially after he eggs him on like that. I know. He's <laughs> in real life you can't egg on bad guys yeah, like that. Personally, I think you're an idiot. Well, he he must have understood that Ed Harris was not wanting to kill people. I think so. I think yeah. he read him. Yeah. Because he's a spy. He can read people. Yeah. But I love that you get that in movies. And then we have the other two guys that find Nick Cage who's trying to defuse the last of there's like two three rockets left he's trying to defuse the other the third one and um they throw him around they throw him through glass they do a full-on terminator rip through the wall and pull him yeah and then they get i'll take the one guy says you're lucky they want him alive they want you alive or else i'd take pleasure in gutting you boy and i would have pulled that clip but nick cage's reaction when he's in jail is even better clip number 13 please i'll take pleasure in gutting you boy <laughs> what's wrong with these people huh mason don't you think there's a lot of uh, a lot of anger flowing around this island? Kind of a pubescent volatility, don't you think? A lot of angst, a lot of um, 16, I'm angry at my father syndrome. I mean, grow up! We're stuck on an island with a bunch of violence for pleasure-seeking psychopathic marines. Shame on them! <laughs> It's the perfect time for a lecture. Yeah. When you're, Shame yeah. on them! 
Grandma. When you're imprisoned in oh, Alcatraz shit. that's about to get attacked by the U.S. military. Well, and you got to love this line, too, because the guy that says it, the military guy, says it in such a serious way. And it's such an obscure, like, ridiculous thing to say to somebody. Yep. And then they have Nick Cage make fun of what the guy's saying, like, <clears> making only fun ma- of their own line. Not only make fun of it, but dissect it and, and really give us a dissertation yeah. on the emotional landscape of who we're dealing with. Yeah. And then... Shame on them! You know, it was nice. He's not wrong. He's not Shame wrong. on them. So we'll skip ahead a little bit because there's the mutiny where they, they shoot the rocket because they haven't paid him yet. And then Ed Harris changes the launch codes. It goes in the ocean instead. <clears throat> they end up, Mexican standoff, shooting each other. Sean Connery and Nick Cage get Ed Harris out. As he's in one of my favorite moments where he's like, my God, what have I done? And he tells him where the last rocket is because re- this was all a bluff. He was just angry. And it's a, such a good fucking villain. And then Nick Cage runs off, and Sean Connery has some cool fight scenes. But the two main things I want to focus on before we have to go in 59 seconds is when uh, I recorded the entire exchange between Tony Todd and Nick Cage when they're in the rocket room, because it's fantastic. Can we play clip number 14? Come on. You know how this shit works? You know how this shit works? It's only a knife. We got to start off on the wrong foot. Stand good speed, FBI. Uh, Let's talk music. Do you like the Elton John song Rocket Man? I don't like soft ass shit. Oh, you know. Well, I only bring it up because uh, it's you. You're the Rocket Man. (laughs) Not only does he get shot through the window. Wait. How do you like how that shit works? Then he lands and gets gets impaled. It's it's a we were talking how the rocket would probably shoot through him. Yes. Or at least do more damage than just like getting kind of like Mike Tyson punch out yeah. through a window. Yeah, he might have he might have dislocated his shoulder. My favorite thing one. about that moment, I know we gotta get going here, is you know how this shit works? Nick Cage is saying that about a very complicated bioweapon. And then Tony Todd's response is, you know how this shit works with a knife. And it, I wish he would have been like, y- yes? Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you do just, actually. You, you, you stab people you with stab. It. You do a lot of stabby or cutty. Yeah, or or gutting or like sli- a fish. or dice. Dice. You can get into that onion. You, I like Julianne a lot. Ooh, that's a nice. I know we have to go, technique. but the last thing I want to talk about is my favorite death scene. I think in any action movie ever, where he's fighting the other nut job mercenary and he's getting strangled. And by the way, we talked about how that. The v- I wish we could have really dissected how many yeah. times the VX gas would have exploded in Nick Cage's yeah. hand. Because first, he's doing all these crazy stunt jumps while holding it. Try holding a raw egg in your hand and running around and it not bursting sure. like mm-hmm. that. Then he puts it in his front pocket. Would have exploded several times. Sure. But it stays there in enough time for him to shove it in the dude's mouth and slam his jaw shut to instantly make him spew up what looks like acid and then his face bubble... It is the co- I got we got to wrap. It's my favorite death scene for a bad guy ever because they built up this 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 weapon and then they use it in such an absurdly awesome way. Yes. Also, a couple of things to think about with those weapons is there were approximately I would say ninety of those balls in each yeah. missile, and there were fourteen missiles, That's and they were awesome. just trying to get San Francisco. Like these, the amount of weaponry they <laughs> had the could have cr- yeah just decimated the world. <laughs> Everyone's gonna die. Yeah, it's like mutually assured destruction. Die. What were they thinking? Uh, I love this movie so much. Sorry we didn't get to talk more about the needle in the heart, which I love so much at the end and the the tape and finding out who JFK was really killed by but I had a blast talking about The Rock I love The Rock 
And uh, that's all the time we have for today. Corey, thank you for coming yeah, on the show. This is fun. Is this the first podcast you've ever done? You've yes. never done anything like this? No. Well, we want to have you back anytime. Anytime. Basically, no. I, just, I just want to be selfish and have you visit. That's it. That's it. I'm if you want to do my podcast without Ben, that's yeah, there fine we go. also. Jesse, where Hi. can they find you? <laughs> you can find me at Too Much Jesse on Twitter and Instagram, at The Prom Losers for Sketch. All right, and I'm at The Ben Begley on Instagram and Twitter, and Funhouse Massacre is on Showtime, like I've said a hundred times before, and we're going to have some cool shorts coming out soon, as soon as we get some festival announcements, so I'll be telling you all about that. And until next time, what is your guilty movie pleasure? From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.